Well, today we begin a brand new series called The Test. We understand that a test is a procedure designed to reveal both strengths and weaknesses. A test reveals what we know and it reveals what we don't know. The test that we're going to be talking about today is God testing us. How many know God tests us? The test, God testing us. There there are three things that you need to know, and that is you have been tested, you are being tested, and you will be tested. There are two areas that I want to talk about today where God tests us. The first one is he tests our faith. He tests our faith. In the book of James, chapter 2, James says anyone can say they have faith, but he said, is there any proof of it? He said, it's easy to say, well, you know, look at me, man, I have faith. Look at the faith that I have. Anyone can say they have faith, but he says, is there any proof of the fact that you do or not? James says that the proof of faith is works. He said, I'm going to show you my faith. I'm going to prove to you my faith. How am I going to do it? By my works. God often allows things to happen to us in life in order to test the validity of our faith. Claiming to have faith is easy. Fleshing it out is another matter. Let me ask three questions today about about our faith. The answer to these questions will help determine whether we are passing or failing the test of faith. Question number one is, ask yourself, is it pure? We're talking about testing faith today. Ask yourself, is, is, it, is it pure? Is my faith, is it, is it pure? Remember the story of Job? The story of Job. Job's faith was tested. Matter of fact, Perhaps there's no other man that has ever lived, no other man perhaps in history that had his faith tested to the degree that Job did. Let's read a little bit about it. Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, verse 7 through 12. And the Lord said to Satan, he said to who? Who's he talking to? The Lord said to Satan. Well, where do you come? Where you been? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro from the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That, he, that there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Oh, the devil said to God, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence 
of the Lord. So, so here we find that God and the devil are having a conversation. Don't you find that in itself interesting? God and the devil are having a conversation. And God brings up his servant Job. God is, God is proud. Man, I mean, he's the poster boy, man. I mean, God is proud of his, uh, of his boy Job. And, and, and he brags to the devil about, about Job. Brags about his faith, brags about his loyalty, brags about, about his faith. But Satan challenges God about Job, and, and Satan says to God, Job's faith, it's not a pure faith because it's a faith that has never been tested. The devil tells God, all Job has ever known from you is blessing. You, you have provided for him, you have protected him, you have prospered him. And the, the devil said to, to God, just, just let me throw some adversity his way and, and, and you'll see what he's really like. You will see that, that Job is not who you think he is. He will show you his true colors. His faith isn't pure, it's, it's, based, it's based only on what he can get out of you. And, and, and the devil said to God, the same mouth that has praised you will curse you when your river of blessing dries up. And the Bible says that God agreed to the test. In verse number 12, God said to the devil, all right, you may test him. And if you'll read the rest of the book of Job, you will see the severity of the test. A test, like, I don't know. I've read the whole Bible. I don't see anyone. I know Paul. He went through an awful lot. But I, I'm not sure there's anyone else in the Word of God. I'm not sure there's anyone else that was ever tested to the degree this man, Job, was tested. Or would you agree with me? And God agreed to the test. And this test would reveal the genuineness and the quality of Job's faith. Now, now, I understand this is not popular preaching. And that's one of the reasons why that when the tests come into our lives, and we're going to be tested, and that's one of the reasons why when the tests come to our life, so often people are not ready for it, and many fail the test. Now, I don't know how you were in school, but I, I wasn't very fond of tests. And when the teacher said, you better pay attention because you're going to be tested on this on Friday, I dreaded Friday. I hated Friday. But at least I had time to prepare. And that's another story. (laughs) The tests that I hated the most were the pop quizzes. I despised all right, everybody, get your paper out. Close your books. Do not look around. I hated pop quizzes. The test that the teacher gave without warning, without time to study, without time to prepare. Hear me this morning. There will be a test. Our faith will be tested. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says, There will be many tests or many trials to endure. 
These trials will show you that your faith, whether it is genuine or not, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. If your faith remains strong through the test, you will be greatly rewarded. I ask you this morning, are you prepared for the test? Will you pass the test? How pure is your faith? Is it based on false assumptions? Is it based on a God who has been presented to you like some kind of glorified Santa Claus giving out gifts and toys? Or like a genie in a bottle, just rub the side of a bottle and Jesus will pop out and grant you three wishes. Is that the kind of God that has been presented to you? Pastor, is God a good God? Yes, he's a good God. Yes, he's an awesome God. Yes, he's a great God. But hear me this morning. He is also a God who requires genuine faith for salvation. A God who wants to be loved and served for who he is, not just for what he does. See, anyone can say they have faith, but true faith, genuine faith, pure faith will pass the test of the fiery trial. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12 says, Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering talking about the test. God tests us. He tests our faith. Is it pure? Another question to ask is, is it persistent? Our faith, is it persistent? In Joshua chapter 6, the children of Israel are finally in the promised land. But hear me, just because they had reached the promised land, that did not mean that everything was going to be handed to them on a silver platter. That did not mean there would not be a battle to fight. That did not mean there would not be obstacles to overcome. We understand Jericho was a city that God had promised to give to Joshua and the children of Israel. But he didn't just hand it to them. God had an assignment for them. God had conditions for them that they were going to have to meet in order for them to possess this incredible city. And God gave Joshua a very unique and strange strategy for taking the city. You need to understand that this wasn't just a city, but it was a walled, fortified. It was a fort. It was a well-fortified city, an incredible wall around the city. And this unique and strange strategy for taking the city was this. The children of Israel were going to have to march around the walls of that city once a day for six days. For six days they would have to line up. and six days they would have to march around the city one time, around those walls. But then, then on the seventh day, they were going to have to march around it not one time, but seven times. And on the seventh time around, marching around the walls of that city, they would all shout and the priests would blow the ram's horn. And if they would do this exactly as God instructed, the walls of the city would fall down and the city would be theirs. Do you think any faith would be required to carry out a strategy like this? Do you think this strategy would be a test of of Joshua and the children of Israel's faith? 
Can you even imagine what must have been going on through the minds of these people? Can you imagine? I, I can't even imagine being Joshua and having to tell the people the plan. Because as a pastor, I know how people respond when you share a good plan. Hey, guys, guess what? We're going to take the city. Guess how we're going to do it? We're going to march around the city. Once a day for six days, we're going to march around the city. What else are we going to do? We're just going to march. And guess what? On the seventh day, we get to march seven times. And listen, when we get around the seventh time, I want everybody to shout. And I want you priests to blow the horn. And everybody said, what you talking about, Willis? That's the best you got. How many think it might have taken a little bit of faith, first of all, for Joshua to present the plan? How many believe it took a little bit of a lot of faith for the, for the children of Israel to hear the man of God and do what the man of God said? How many of you think they might have started looking for, 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 for cracks in the walls on about day three? I mean, they're not just marching, but man, they're inspecting as they march. Where's a crack? Come on. I know it's not supposed to fall down till day seven, but surely we'll have a crack by day three. Do you think there might have been a little bit of reluctance, a little bit of pushback on about day four or five? You know, it's one thing to have a vision and get people all pumped up about the vision. Rah, 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 ooh, ah, ah. It's all, and everybody's in and it's great for about the first couple of Sundays. Then reality checks in. Can you imagine? Can you, can, you, can you imagine the atmosphere in the camp of Israel in the evening? Well, it's day five, and I don't know about you, but I ain't seen a crack in the wall. And I think our leaders lost it. Maybe we need to get a new leader, huh? You know, going, and then going around the wall once a day is one thing, but seven times in one day, and not even a crack in the wall. Let me ask you this morning, has God ever given you a promise? And with that promise, did there come some kind of a command or some kind of a stipulation or some kind of thing that he required of you? Has God ever given you a promise? Has he ever given you a weird strategy or instruction? How are you holding up? Are you passing the persistence test? Is your faith wavering? Will you keep marching even if there are no cracks appearing in the wall? Will you keep on marching around? Will you keep on doing what the instructions, will you keep on doing what God has called you to do? How do you think Naaman must have felt in 2 Kings chapter 5? He was a leader. He was the captain of the Syrian army, but he also had leprosy. And he went to Elisha for help. And, and Elisha, the prophet, told him, to, told him to go dunk himself in the muddy Jordan River seven times. And, and if he would dunk himself in the muddy Jordan seven times, the seventh time when he came up, he would be cleansed of his leprosy. At first he refused. This is stupid. This is foolish. This is crazy. But after being chastised, he reluctantly went. And no doubt he felt very foolish. No doubt he examined his flesh with every dip. His faith was being tested for its persistence. 
But the Bible says that Naaman persisted. And the Bible says that the seventh time that he dipped, when he came up out of the, out of the water, the Bible said his skin was like the skin of a newborn baby. Let me ask you this morning, how about your faith? How about your faith? Will it pass the test of persistence? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, according to the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Jesus said to uh, seek and keep on seeking. Jesus said to knock and keep on knocking. And Jesus said, if you'll ask and keep on asking, he said, you'll receive. And he said, if you will seek and keep on seeking, you'll find. And he said, if you will knock and keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. Talking about the test today. God tests us. He tests our faith. How is your faith today? Is it pure? Is it persistent? A third question to ask about our faith is, is it persuasive? Well, that's a good one. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says husbands can be won to Christ by what? By a flaming evangelist? By the consistent teaching and preaching of that great pastor, no, all those things are good, but that's not what the Word of God says. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 1, husbands can be won to Christ by their wives. One guy said he's married to an angel. She's always up in the air harping. It's not what he's talking about. Husbands can be won to Christ by their wives. Notice this, without them speaking a word. How in the world could a husband be won to Jesus through a wife that doesn't nag him, doesn't preach to him? Husbands can be won to Christ, the Bible says, by their wives without them speaking a word. How? It says they will be won over by observing their pure and reverent life. And so what a preacher can't do through a sermon and a singer can't do through a song, the Bible says that, 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 that a consistent godly life, a life of faith, genuine faith, can be so persuasive that, that, that even though the preacher can't win them and even though the evangelist and even though the singer can't win them, but through a godly life, a consistent, persistent faith, living, fleshing out what the Bible says. And people can come to Christ. Let me ask you this morning, is your faith persuasive? Would your faith persuade anybody to become a Christian? Could somebody look at your life and because of the life that you live, they could be persuaded? Well, I don't know about that preacher's message and I don't know about that church's doctrine, but I do know about so-and-so's life. I'm trying, Deborah. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Is your faith persuasive? Would your faith persuade anybody to become a Christian? Are you an asset or a liability to Christianity? Now, this is going to sound harsh, but I've sounded harsh before. So, there are some people I wish they wouldn't witness. Pastor, everybody ought to witness. Uh-uh. No. There are people I wish wouldn't witness. There's people I wish they would take their I love Jesus bumper sticker off. Why? Because they're a Christian in name only. 
they don't bear the fruit of Christianity. They're unloving, they're unkind, they're critical. Hello, I told you it was harsh, I told you. How many is tracking with me? Are you an asset or a liability to Christianity? Let me ask you this this morning. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there even be enough evidence in your life to convict you? Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 16, he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus was saying that that we should possess a persuasive faith. We're talking about the test. God tests us. But not only does he test our faith, but let me suggest number two today, he tests our motives. See, God is not only interested in what we do, he's also interested in why we do what it is that we do. He tests our motives. Let me me give you three questions to ask yourself today about your motives. The first thing you want to ask yourself today about your motives, and that is, are they right? My motives, are are they right? Proverbs 16 and 2 says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. And Matthew 6 and 5, Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray on the street corner so that they may be seen by many. Why do we do what we do? Why do we give? Why do we go? Why do we do ministry? Are we the same in private as we are in public? What is our motive? Do we have an agenda? Are we trying to fool somebody? Are we just putting on a show? Are we a chameleon? Will our motives pass the test? Are we the real deal? How are our motives? Are they right? Second question to ask, are they reviewed? In Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, David cries out to God and he says, Search me, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts and point out anything in me that offends you. This would be a great prayer for all of us to pray. Instead of saying, God, give me this, and God, give me that, and God, do this, and God, do that. Oh, it would be awesome. Oh, quite frequently, if we'd get on our face before God and we'd say, God, examine me. Examine me, God. Test me, God. Oh, oh, God, don't don't just examine what I do. Examine why I do what I do. Many years ago now, my wife was having a little crisis in her faith. I didn't ask for this. I meant to, but I forgot to ask permission. She's not in here, so don't tell her. (laughs) I may or may not use this illustration in the second service. I may or may not be in the second service. My wife was having a little crisis of faith. Have you ever had one? You haven't walked with God very long if you haven't. And she said, I had to figure out 
Am I sitting on the front row because I'm the pastor's wife? Am I raising my hands because I'm the pastor's wife and everybody's looking at the pastor's wife? Am I doing what I'm doing because I'm the pastor's wife and the pastor's wife, you know, I can make him or break him. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Thank God she passed the test and we all knew. She didn't, we would know, but it's a good, it's a good prayer to pray. Examine me, oh God, test me. Don't just examine what I do, but examine why I do it. God, why am I reading the Bible? Am I reading the Bible because I got to preach at 9 and 11 on Sunday and I got to have something to tell those people? <laughs> and a lot of preachers only read the Bible to find a sermon. Why am I reading the Bible? Why am I praying? A consistent review of our motives would be a good thing. Am I, am I just doing this to make myself look good? Am I just doing this to get someone all to do something for me? Am I just doing this so I won't be criticized? third question to ask about our motives and that is this are they repented of and revised James chapter 4 and verse 17 says remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it hear me this morning hear me when God reveals to us our improper motives we should repent and revise them if you've read the Bible you know that Jesus when he was on this earth he always drew a crowd but not everybody that followed Jesus followed him for the right motive And one day Jesus called them out for their motives and he said, you only follow me for the loaves and the fish. The only reason you are here today is because you heard that I I not only teach, but I also have an all-you-can-eat fish buffet. And you're only here for the loaves and the fish. You only follow me for what you can get out of me. Wrong motive. Why do you follow Jesus? What is your motive? Why do you do what you do? There will be a test. There will be a test. He tests our motives. If I can get some help on the platform this morning, the takeaway for the message today is this can you pass the test? Can you pass the test? If not, you'll be required to retake the course. I didn't like tests, and I didn't fail very many tests. I didn't make a whole lot of A-pluses on tests either. Made lots and lots of Bs. C or two along the way, a few A-minuses. But the time or two, and it was only a time or two when I failed the test, I loved it when the teacher said there'll be a makeup test thank you I hated you teacher now I love you amen <laughs> oh, I hate her because she gave me a test <laughs> I didn't I'm just but anyway maybe I did I don't know if you don't pass the test you're going to have to repeat the course amen so let's pass the test First time around, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. God, I pray that you'll help us today, Lord, to serve you out of a pure heart, 
to serve you out of pure motives. God, I thank you that even though we may fail the test, I thank you that you don't throw us away, you don't discard us, you don't give up on us, but Lord, you give us another opportunity and another and another and another. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your long-suffering, your kindness. Thank you, Father.